Welcome to It's Time. This is Senior Pastor Ron Fawcett in Valley of the Sun Church in Glendale, Arizona. Today, I want to ask you a question. Have you been ordained? Well, according to the Word of God, you have. We have been ordained. Now, ordination means to be appointed, commanded, or charged. It also means holy orders given by God or to enforce holy orders upon such as Moses uh, in Exodus 3.10 when God charged him to go and speak to Pharaoh and bring his people out of Egypt. And as, Moses, as much as Moses tried to get out of it, God basically told him to shut up and do it. Now, God wants by the power of the Holy Spirit to reveal to us our position in Christ. We see that Jesus foreshadowed, shadow means to give notice or indication of what was to be. He foreshadowed the blessings that were to come. Most of his ministry was a type of what the believer is to enter into today such as love, compassion, power, and authority. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Let me read that for you. It says, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Deep calls into deep at the noise of your waterfalls, the Bible says in, in Psalm 42, 7. All your waves have gone over me. In other words, God wants to hook up with the God in you that he's placed in you. Our prayer should be, Holy Spirit, flood me with the innermost or deep things of God. John 15, 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. So that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. We must not only be faithful, we must be fruitful. The Father wants us to be so right up to date in everything that as we're open for the deep things of him, we become fruitful or bear the fruit that he's placed in us. Before we were a twinkle in our mother's eyes, God already spoke into our, our lives. So if you are to produce as any fruit tree, you must come forth in the right season or you'll lose the fruit that God placed in you. And it's the Holy Spirit that keeps you in the right direction, headed toward the right season. You cannot bring forth life to the seeds God has placed in you. Now, you could bring forth life to fleshy natural seeds, but not spiritual seeds. So you notice it says in verse 16 of chapter, uh, chapter 15 of uh, John again, that your fruit would remain. Ever see a fruit tree produce it uh, too early? What fruit does that come for? What fruit that does come forth is of no value. It's discolored, small, barely any sugar content and no flavor. It looks like an orange, but it doesn't smell or taste like an orange. Hmm. I wonder if it's an orange. Looks like a Christian, but doesn't smell or taste like a Christian? Hmm. You get my drift. And Matthew 7, 16 says you'll recognize them by their fruit. So apple tree produces apples, I'm assuming, right? If that's the best way to go with it. Lemon tree produces lemons, right? That makes sense. Jesus tree produces what? Get my point. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, prepared for those who love God. Who are those? Is it everyone in the church? Maybe it's someone you know who's a good person, perhaps your grandmother. But John 14, 15 says, those who keep Jesus's commandments, it's available to all who move into obedience. Now, why those that love him? Well, if you're keeping the commands of Jesus, there's an anointing in obedience. And anointing simply means to smear or rub with oil. And oil in the Bible is symbolic of the Holy Spirit of God. So by implication, it is to consecrate for office or godly service. Now throughout the Bible, people were anointed with oil to signify God's blessing or call on that person's life. And a person was anointed for a special purpose, to be a king, to be a prophet, to be a priest. Someone who is a chosen one, 
The Bible says that Jesus Christ was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit to spread the good news and free those who have been held captive by sin. So once again, there's an anointing that comes with obedience. And with the anointing comes strength. strength, strength not of your own, but of the Holy Spirit. And why is strength so important? Remember the charge given to Joshua. God wants a strong people and not those that cannot or will not overcome and see it through. Through the time of the first seed planted to the harvesting of your fruit, the winds of adversity will come against you during the time of your growth. But will you persevere? Joshua 1, 6 and 7 speaks about courageousness and being strong. Be strong and of good courage. And again, only be strong and very courageous. And then he gave him the charge. See, he told him what to do. Be strong and very good courage and be very good at your at your position. Be steadfast and movable and be courageous at what I've called you to do. And then God gave him the charge. If God plans anything for you, he will give you the power to carry it through. So after God had given Joshua the word, he said, now it will depend upon your living day and night, meditating upon my word. Remember the word talks about, you probably read it in the past. Study my word, know my word, meditate upon my word day and night. So that if you, as you come into a holy reverence for God's word, it will build you up also and make you strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You cannot know a subject unless you study a sub subject. So Joshua 1 verse 8 says, then you will have good success. Then the position that God has ordained for your life will be fulfilled. Then will your godly fruit produce. God told Joshua what, excuse me, God told Joshua that whenever he puts his foot forward, he was not to let it slide back, but to have the other foot ready to go forward. See, one thing that hinders the body of Christ from stepping into their ordained privilege is that Satan brings back memories into people's minds things that they did in the past. Remember, there are two things that are certain, and there is a third thing that is more valuable than either of the first two. Number one, Satan doesn't let you forget your sins. Number two, you never forget them. But the greatest of all, number three, God has forgotten them. The question is, are we going to believe God, Satan, or ourselves? God says that through Christ, our sins are past and cleansed forever. Calvary made all your past sins and whatever Satan throws at you in the present. Null and void. You cannot go on with God until you stand on his word. Knowing the word and the standing on it allows you to take back what Satan has taken from you. The position in Christ that you have allows you to cast down imagination and bring every thought to the obedience of Christ. God has called you, chosen you, and ordained you. Let's be the Christ-bearing trees in these days. Thank you for spending this time with me. Have a wonderful day. Welcome to It's Time. This is Senior Pastor Ron Falsett with Valley of the Sun Church in Glendale, Arizona. Do you understand that the church must recognize that our authority releases God's power? I want to speak about that today, releasing God's power. There are a number of ways to see in the miraculous power of God manifest on a consistent basis through the authority of the body of Christ. For example, one of the least understood and therefore seldom practiced is the fact that healing is under the authority of the believer. God has already provided his healing power and placed it on the inside of every born-again believer. It is up to us to release it. Understanding and using our authority is the key to seeing miracles happen. And the healing ministries that you see on TBN, Daystar, uh, what have you, aren't the only ones God uses to move in the miraculous. They just got a hold of the truth and the rest of the church needs to do the same. 
if I may, uh, I want you to uh, go with me to Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. A little lengthily, but I think it needs to be uh, read. And then we'll see how Peter and John ministered healing to the lame man in these verses. And it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer of the ninth hour. And a certain man, uh, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. And he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Now, notice that Peter didn't pray for this man. He also didn't ask God to heal him. He said, such as I have, give I thee. This didn't mean that Peter was a source of this healing, okay? Because Peter said in Acts 3, 12, it says, When Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, You men of Israel, why marvel at this? Or why look so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? It was God's power that healed this man, but that power was under Peter's authority. Peter went on to say in verse 16 that it was faith in the name of Jesus that had wrought this miracle. Peter didn't ask God to heal this man. He believed the Lord had already done his part and had placed that power within him. Now, it was Peter's responsibility to release that power, and that's just what he did. The Lord never told us to pray for the sick in the sense that we ask him to heal them. He told us to heal the sick. There's a big difference between the two. It has to do with operating in the authority he has given us. Now, I want you to listen to this. L let's listen to these commands the Lord gave his disciples. And it's in Matthew 10. It says, and as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely have received, freely give. Jesus told us to heal the sick, not pray for the sick. It's when we move in that God power of faith, things happen. These are the exact words of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is precisely why more people don't see the miraculous results they're praying for. They aren't taking their authority and commanding God's power. They're passively asking God to do what he told them to do. I know this goes contrary to popular Christian doctrine. We're constantly told that it's not us, but God who is the healer. And I agree with that totally. But I also believe that God has placed his healing power under our authority and it's up to us to release it. If we don't take our authority and become commanders instead of beggars, God's power will not be released. And if we look at uh, an amazing patch of scripture in Isaiah 45, 11, it says, Thus says Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. Command ye me. What a powerful scripture. What does the Lord mean when he tells us to command him? Well, he certainly doesn't mean we are mightier and more powerful than him and can order him around. He means concerning the things he has already done. He wants us to take our authority and command his power. It's like electricity. The power company generates the power and delivers it to your house. It's not your power, but it's under your control. You don't call the power company and ask them to turn the lights on. No, 
They won't do that. They generate the power, but it's under your command. You simply flip the switch on the wall and command the power to work. Does this mean you are the power source? Well, certainly not. Now, you can put a light bulb in your mouth and it will never come on. You aren't the power source, but you are the one in control of what that power does. You can plead with the power company all you want, but they won't flip the switch for you. You have to assume your authority and acknowledge the power is under your command. And that's what the Lord was speaking of. He has already healed everyone who will ever be healed. He did it 2,000 years ago when he bore our stripes on his back. Then he deposited his resurrection power inside every believer. He's done his part. And now it's up to us to do ours. We need to take the authority he has given us and become commanders instead of beggars. This is a powerful truth that works. And it's in this truth only that we'll see many miraculous healings. We aren't just praying for the sick. We are healing them in Jesus' name. God is commanding us to test him, try him, even dare him. And if you want to be blessed my way, God says, then try it my way. The power of God is a hallmark of his kingdom. Jesus Christ didn't bring a nice, fluffy, weak religion to the earth. He brought the powerful reality of the atmosphere of God called the kingdom of God, which is the reign of God. In the kingdom of God, demons are cast out, evils destroyed, sickness is overcome, and the dead are being raised because life flows in abundance. Most Christians have no clue about the kingdom of God and live in an earthly, carnal, intellectual Christianity where all they have is nice words about God. Let's be that man and that woman of God and do what God calls to do, move in the authority and power in Christ Jesus and command these things. God's given it to us. Let's move forth in it. And I thank you for the spending this time with me this evening. Have a great day. Welcome to It's Time. This is Senior Pastor Ron Falsett with Valley of the Sun Church in Glendale, Arizona. Do you understand that the church must recognize that our authority releases God's power? I want to speak about that today, releasing God's power. There are a number of ways to see in the miraculous power of God manifest on a consistent basis through the authority of the body of Christ. For example, one of the least understood and therefore seldom practiced is the fact that healing is under the authority of the believer. God has already provided his healing power and placed it on the inside of every born-again believer. It is up to us to release it. Understanding and using our authority is the key to seeing miracles happen. And the healing ministries that you see on TBN, Daystar, uh, what have you, aren't the only ones God uses to move in the miraculous. They just got a hold of the truth. And the rest of the church needs to do the same. If I may, uh, I want you to uh, go with me to Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. A little lengthily, but I think it needs to be uh, read. And then we'll see how Peter and John ministered healing to the lame man in these verses. And it says, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, uh, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. And he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, 
rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Now, notice that Peter didn't pray for this man. He also didn't ask God to heal him. He said, such as I have, give I thee. This didn't mean that Peter was the source of this healing, okay? Because Peter said in Acts 3, 12, it says, when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, you men of Israel, why marvel at this? Or why look so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness, we had made this man to walk? It was God's power that healed this man, but that power was under Peter's authority. Peter went on to say in verse 16 that it was faith in the name of Jesus that had wrought this miracle. Peter didn't ask God to heal this man. He believed the Lord had already done his part and had placed that power within him. Now, it was Peter's responsibility to release that power, and that's just what he did. The Lord never told us to pray for the sick in the sense that we ask him to heal them. He told us to heal the sick. There's a big difference between the two. It has to do with operating in the authority he has given us. Now, I want you to listen to this. Let's listen to these commands the Lord gave his disciples. And it's in Matthew 10. It says, and as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead, cast out devils, freely have received, freely give. Jesus told us to heal the sick, not pray for the sick. It's when we move in that God power of faith, things happen. These are the exact words of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is precisely why more people don't see the miraculous results they're praying for. They aren't taking their authority and commanding God's power. They're passively asking God to do what he told them to do. I know this goes contrary to popular Christian doctrine. We're constantly told that it's not us, but God who is the healer. And I agree with that totally. But I also believe that God has placed his healing power under our authority and it's up to us to release it. If we don't take our authority and become commanders instead of beggars, God's power will not be released. And if we look at uh, an amazing patch of scripture in Isaiah 45, 11, it says, thus says Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. Command ye me. What a powerful scripture. What does the Lord mean when he tells us to command him? Well, he certainly doesn't mean we are mightier and more powerful than him and can order him around. He means concerning the things he has already done. He wants us to take our authority and command his power. It's like electricity. The power company generates the power and delivers it to your house. It's not your power, but it's under your control. You don't call the power company and ask them to turn the lights on. No, they won't do that. They generate the power, but it's under your command. You simply flip the switch on the wall and command the power to work. Does this mean you are the power source? Well, certainly not. Now, you can put a light bulb in your mouth and it will never come on. You aren't the power source, but you are the one in control of what that power does. You can plead with the power company all you want, but they won't flip the switch for you. You have to assume your authority and acknowledge the power is under your command. And that's what the Lord was speaking of. He has already healed everyone who will ever be healed. He did it 2,000 years ago when he bore our stripes on his back. Then he deposited his resurrection power inside every believer. He's done his part. And now it's up to us to do ours. We need to take the authority he has given us and become commanders instead of beggars. 
This is a powerful truth that works, and it's in this truth only that we'll see many miraculous healings. We aren't just praying for the sick. We are healing them in Jesus' name. God is commanding us to test him, try him, even dare him. And if you want to be blessed my way, God says, then try it my way. The power of God is a hallmark of his kingdom. Jesus Christ didn't bring a nice, fluffy, weak religion to the earth. He brought the powerful reality of the atmosphere of God called the kingdom of God, which is the reign of God. In the kingdom of God, demons are cast out, evils destroyed, sickness is overcome, and the dead are being raised because life flows in abundance. Most Christians have no clue about the kingdom of God and live in an earthly, carnal, intellectual Christianity where all they have is nice words about God. Let's be that man and that woman of God and do what God calls to do, move in the authority and power in Christ Jesus and command these things. God's given it to us. Let's move forth in it. And I thank you for the spending this time with me this evening. Have a great day.